Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast, proudly presented by worldpodcast.com. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everybody and welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. This week we've got Eve Chesma, she's a voiceover agent and business director of Mint Voices. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Blair. So Eve, as well as being a voice talent agent, you're also voice talent yourself. Yeah. Why don't we explain to everybody what your roles as voice talent and a voice agent are? Cool. Um, We can break it down. So as a voiceover artist, um, I am used for my voice in uh, commercials and online and radio. Um, Yeah, all different kind of platforms. So that's um, me going into studios or me using Source Connect and linking up with studios and clients and reading their scripts. Um, Yeah, and then as a voiceover agent, I represent um, a whole lot of talent that do the voiceover work as well. So, yeah, I represent them and put them forward for briefs and, yeah, it's great. Being a voice artist yourself and doing that for a number of years, how do you think that makes your job as an agent different from, say, if you were just purely managing people? Um, I think that it's real life experience. Um, so I, I really like to work with my voices and give them all of the information that I've gained over the years. So, um, yeah, I think it's like that real life experience and being able to pass on that knowledge and give them all of the tips and all of the training that they need. Um, I think as well, it kind of just gives me a better insight to real talent and where you know where I could see like a little nugget in someone's voice and and push that um, yeah. from so much experience yeah an interesting field where everybody usually has a voice yes <laughs> this is true <laughs> do, you, do you find that a lot of people come to it where they go oh there's no way I could do it where I, I feel like I could never do it I just don't have that confidence where a lot of people do and it's just really finding those gems within anybody yeah well I suppose um the way that I look at it there's a whole lot of different kind of Oh, crikey, sorry about that. Um, There's a whole lot of different kind of fractures within being a voiceover. So even though um, everyone does have a voice, there are certain voices that are used for brand work, for example. There are certain voices that are used for retail work. But then there are a lot of really unique voices where someone might be like, there's no way I would have ever thought about doing voiceover work. But they might have like a little lisp or they might... Um, have, I don't know, some cute little idiosyncrasy with their voice that can be used. So yeah. I think everybody has the potential to be a voiceover artist. Um, how much work you get from it is a different story. <laughs> so being unique might mean that you have a unique p- proposition that it only fits a certain type of work. Exactly. Like yeah. animation work, for example, yeah. you know, um, a speech impediment can be something that really adds to a character in animation. Brings that life and character to it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's one, um, uh, it's about a Brussels sprout at the moment, and the animation of the Brussels sprout, he's got this really protruding lower lip, and um, you know he's got he's got a bit of a, an accent as well. And the voiceover that does that, he has a lisp in real life, so it just naturally happens. And then I think that they might have animated around him um, this cute little Brussels sprout with a little speech impediment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've done a bit of character animation myself and we'll normally do a guide read. Mm. And, it, and it's amazing how much life comes to the character once it's really worked with the voice. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And, and vice versa, you know, when... Um, 
as voiceover artists putting down a guide read versus when we get even just like a whip animation, you know, yeah. like it, that really helps uh, us kind of identifying what the message, what the key messages are from that character. And that helps us get into character with the visual kind of aids. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting one. The workflow of doing the process normally, um, I think uh, laying down a really rough guide helps the animators, but then having that visual to really act to as a, as a voice talent. And then, reanimating back to it it's it's really feeding into both sides of it totally totally agree yeah so there are some people who just have a unique style of voice Mm -hmm. and that's them yep but then there are other people who have the ability to craft different styles yeah absolutely um as i said before you know there's uh, just the voiceover world since i started in it versus where it is now completely different you know there's just so many more opportunities um a good voice artist will have a lot of strings to the bow um, and yeah they'll be able to kind of it's an interesting thing watching voiceovers in the booth and being a voiceover or directing a voiceover um, really simple techniques that help you reach those different voices within yourself you know getting closer to the mic getting further away and talking really fast you know getting the breath from your upper chest versus your stomach um and then as well, accents and uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's rhythmic, it's cadence, it's, there's so many different elements that come to voiceover work, yeah. Yeah, it's something that I've found doing commercial work is that um, there is a pool of well-known yes. voice talent and in New Zealand especially, um, I suppose when you have a back catalogue of work, it's much easier to get work. Yeah. But if somebody was interested in coming forward to give it a go, yeah. is there an opportunity to do that professionally? Or Absolutely. Um, the way that I run Mint is that the books are always open um, and I will always you know, really, really encourage people to get in touch with me. Um, a really good start, I think, for anyone that's thinking about doing voiceover work is to listen to the radio, listen to commercials on TV, identify um, some commercials that you think you could do and then practice them um, and technology these days allows you to you know record on your phone and and that being simply sent through to me will give me an idea of if this person you know could potentially be a voiceover artist and then I put in the work with them if I see you know potential in the future yeah awesome well I'm always interested in um, the different forms of work that video has been created and as you said there's no better time with opportunities because video content is just so prolific, whether it's commercials or animation, yeah. just doing it yourself. Do you, do you see that there's um, a bigger market at the moment sort of trending with uh, the likes of Netflix with animations or is it just generally the commercial world is where the majority of the work is happening day to day? Um, I think there's a whole lot of docu-series happening right. at the moment. So Netflix has really kind of put a trend with that. With documentary series or docu-series, you uh, usually have a narrator. Yeah. So, for example, that is way more pro- prolific at the moment. Um, content, as far as it goes for advertising, has become really huge. And with that comes explainer videos. And then there's research group videos that you do voiceovers for to explain to people the concept of an ad that might be going out. And then there's the actual ad that's going to get recorded. 
Um, gaming has become another really big avenue. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just think with the accessibility and ease of creating your own content these days, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of work out there. Yeah. So if somebody was to approach you and they had a project mm-hmm. and maybe it's a faster market, um, explain a video, social media of some sort, do you find that people are working with you as they're creating the work to find the right person, the right sort of sound? Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, to give you a really generic kind of example of the process, um, I'll have someone get in touch with me with a brief. Um, so they might have an idea of, uh, you know, what kind of voice they want. It's a male voice. They want someone in their 40s. Um and then I'll, I'll take that and I'll take, if they you know, if they can pass on a script to me, I'll have a read over that. And then I'll see if I can find a voice that's going to fit within that. Um, quite often, you know, I'll throw a few kind of little random ones in there just to be like, actually, what about this as an option? I mean, I know that you thought a male should do this voiceover, but what about this female that's lower register? She's got a nice kind of warm husk and maybe that might appeal to your audience as well. Um, so yeah, there is a lot of jamming, you know, we go back and forth on that. And then once it's cast, then yeah, the work's there. <laughs> so as um, a voice artist, once you've been selected, and it's all signed off and approved and costs and all of that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, how does it work with actually showing up, let's say, for a couple of different types of projects? Mm-hmm. What would be the normal um, way that you go into a recording studio and record a session? Sure. Um, more often than not, I don't pass the script on to my voices prior to the booking. Um, that's mostly because I think especially for an inexperienced voice for example you might read over that script and have your own idea of interpreting how that voice would sound the reason that you go into a studio is to um, collaborate with the engineer collaborate with the creative um, with the producer and quite often more these days you know clients are coming in to give you the direction so being a bit more pliable not seeing the script beforehand you roll up to a studio with a smile um you know, always always punctual, if not, you know, five, ten minutes before the booking. Um, and then you'll get ushered in. You'll meet the team. Um, they might play you down some visuals um, to do timings to. You'll be given a script and then you jump in the booth. And, yeah, and that's when, <laughs> that's when it gets intense. <laughs> <laughs> and for us as um, people who are creating the video content who might actually – come along to the recording and actually might need to be giving some direction. Yes. Are there any tips that you can sort of provide? Because it's, again, it's it's like creating something visually, creating something audibly. It's hard to give the right words. Yeah, right. No, I, I think that's a really good question. Um, what I will say is what not to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that is... To not tell the voiceover what not to do. Um, So reversing that, encouraging the voiceover to feel really comfortable in the studio. I think um, obviously doing a few cold runs and warming them up. And uh, once you've created a rapport with them, that feedback is going to be better received. Um, The voiceover is there to do a job for you as the creator of that content. Um, And so direction is a really important thing. Quite often, um, you'll have uh, yeah, some feedback being like, yeah, uh, 
could you just not say that word that way? And it's kind of like, well, how do you want me to say it? You know, Every other possible way in the world, please. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and I remember this one voiceover I did. It was just so bad. And the, <laughs> the creative said to me, I don't know what's wrong with you and how you're saying it that way, but it just sounds really weird the way that you say cool. And I was like... Wow, dude, thanks. That's really nice. So what do you, how, do you, how would you like me to say it? <laughs> how, how have you got through life saying know, cool like that? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Clearly it's been yeah. difficult. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like really, uh, really decisive feedback on tone. So, yeah. you know, you'll be given a reel of the talent. And even if you select a section from that reel and you say to them, hey, we chose you because of this tone that you had within your reel and then the engineer can play that back to them so that they can get in the zone of where that sits. Um, And then when it comes to natural flow, yeah, you you know, when you're working really closely with talent, you will be able to get a groove with them and then telling them to slow it down a little bit or hit on those words. um, Yeah. That's that's really interesting because if somebody was – trying to give me direction or briefing um, it's exactly the same thing I'm looking for which direction do you want me to take it in because there are so many different styles yeah. or timings or yeah. tempos or whatever giving strong reference is definitely. just as important definitely 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 I mean even to the point where it's like if you can bring along reference videos to pull up in the session but as far as it goes as I said before if you've hired voiceover talent we're there to do the best job for you. So feedback, if you're not happy with it, feedback really clearly what's not working and how it could be improved. And a good voiceover artist will deliver what you want. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, again, it's a creative process. Mm. So to expect it to be delivered the first time perfectly is just um, excessive. I tell you what, though, it does happen. You do, like, <laughs> seriously, you can bang one out. It's like, yes, that was a one-hit wonder. And then the creatives will be like, yeah, maybe just give us three more in a row. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thinking of my own experience as well. It doesn't mm. happen all the time, but sometimes you do go with your gut and it works. And everyone's like, yeah, that's really, really good. But let's just try every other way just to make sure. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> that's a good process. Yeah. yeah. To, yep. to have faith that that first run was actually the one comparatively, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. So a huge part of what I think makes strong video is the audio. A lot of people say, you know, it's half the, I actually think it's more. Yeah. It can make a break because having raw, gritty imagery can actually work. It can be sloppy, but it actually works to the style of it. But having raw, gritty audio that's sloppy just fails every time. Dude, I hear you. <laughs> Yeah. So working with a really good engineer as well as the um, voice talent, so how does that relationship and partnership happen in the studio? Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting dynamic. And, you know, being on side with an engineer is really helpful because they're the ones that kind of come up with these really subtle nuances that as a voice you don't realise you're doing. Um, and their, you know, their job as well is to be on side with you to get things over the line, you know. Um, and sound is such an integral part. I, I totally agree with you. It's not even 50%. I'd say it's more like 65% of a finished product. And people don't even realise how clean the things that they hear these days are in their ears. It's only yeah. when you listen to something that's crunchy that hasn't been mixed properly or that was recorded on location where they didn't have a lapel mic set up. Um, 
and it makes the job easier you know it's yeah yeah it reminds me of doing visual effects it's like it's working really well when you can't articulate it or see it. Mm. When it's it's when you see something really that's sticking out. Yeah. Or you're able to articulate why it's so bad that it's failing. Yeah. And I mean, I think you know with your experience the old adage, we'll just fix it in post. <laughs> hey, is that fix it in post, but if you don't prepare if you don't prepare your audio and you're not prepared for your audio session, that will make things uh yeah, it won't be as fun as yeah. it would be if you were really prepared. And it's just not cost effective. It's not. And, you know, no one likes a grumpy engineer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as you've transitioned from being a voice artist into a business owner, how have you found that, like starting your own business, Mint Voices? Ooh, um, it, it was really... It was a really interesting journey. Um, I thought about starting up the company, oh gosh, maybe 10 years ago. Um, I've been doing voiceovers for, for you know about 20 years and then I realised that it would be a really good collaboration of all of the skills that I've, yeah, just grabbed over the years, you know, um, managing audio studios, being a producer, um, studying creative advertising, um, so I understand scripts and then being a voiceover myself, it just felt like a really natural progression, but a really scary natural progression. Yeah. Um, so being a business owner is liberating and it's it's really rewarding to work for something that I 100% believe in. Um, but it's really scary and sometimes, you know, doing accounts is really boring. <laughs> <laughs> so there's pros and cons, you know. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see especially see new voices um, get work and how they flourish. It's it's really awesome to see that. Yeah. But it's really boring um, arguing with the IRD or <laughs> all of that kind of admin stuff. I'm not a fan of, but yeah, it's overall it's great. Fair enough. And you have had such a wealth of experience working at top um, audio facilities and yeah. studios ac- across New Zealand. Yeah, I've been really lucky and I think without all of that experience and all of the amazing mentors that I've had over the years, I wouldn't be in a position where I felt confident enough to launch my own business. Yeah, yeah, really lucky. And I think, you know, that's something that's really unique to New Zealand um, and really unique as well uh, as a female. I've had some... You know, so much encouragement from so many amazing mentors that I looked up to over the years and still look up to now. And um, yeah, without that that kind of push, you know, gentle encouragement from them. Um, yeah. Awesome. It's uh, always hard when you go out on your own. You're not working for somebody else. And I know that there's a, a big shift in the industry from people working for agencies or companies creating video content to actually being freelance or building up their own company. There's a big difference from being representing yourself as an individual to sure. actually then representing a number of other people who are, you know, people are people. They're all quite different. So yeah. it must be a really interesting opportunity for you to connect with um, so many different individuals as well. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's similar to the acting world. Voice acting is dealing with really big personalities yeah. um, and some amazing characters um, and some sticky, char- you know, they're a bit sticky sometimes as well. But. Generally speaking, um, as I said before, my books are open, but I, I do keep them quite small. I am quite particular about who I work with and represent. Um, and that's because I want 
to have fun. You yeah. know, I, I don't I don't want problems. Um, problems will arise anyway, and you know, part of my job is to problem solve. Um, but yeah, if I can jam with voices that, and and clients that are they're great people, then that's that's a good thing for me. <laughs> yeah, well, we all want to have fun while we're making a living. So Absolutely, I understand yeah. That. So if you're in a studio and a booking, uh, do you think that it's cool for a voice artist to give some feedback on the script or do you really need to know the relationships of who you're working with? Because some, sometimes some copy in a script can, can look all good on paper, but then when you're actually trying to say it, and I've found this myself, just trying to do a guide read. I'm like, I'm yeah. falling over myself. I've, he- I've heard your guide read. Uh, <laughs> you know, the alliteration really trips you up, Leah. It no. does indeed. <laughs> um, I am going to say, generally speaking, no. Yeah. You know, I-, I wouldn't feed back on a script unless I saw a really obvious typo. And then if I did see a really obvious typo, I would gently say, Hey guys, just checking that this word is supposed to be here. Um, and you know, it's it's delivery. I mean, no one wants to have their work critiqued in a negative kind of way. Yeah. Similar to you know, as I was talking about before, as a voiceover artist, you don't want to go in negatively, and you don't want to have negative feedback. So, just you know, posing a question like, I'm just checking that it's this way. Is it this way? And if someone goes, Yeah, it is, then you read it that way. Yeah. Um, and again, as you were saying, with um, getting tripped up on stuff, it's your job as a voiceover artist to work through that and work through whatever anxiety it is that's not allowing you to read the script as it stands and get that script right for your client, yeah. Yeah, I, I say this with a little bit of a protocol in mind because I've also noticed some people who are working on work with video work who tend to look at a brief and go, what the heck's going on here? This is ridiculous. But it's actually, you have no context of where that journey has gone for that project. Sure, yeah. And as those of us who are at the end of it, yeah. having like what we think is the best perspective, it could be quite frustrating for people who have taken a job right from the start and gone through so many iterations to just get it to a point of being in production or post-production. Yep, yep, so true. Um I can't help but think about um, a project that you and I have worked on and the process that goes with that. Um, You know, you've got the client. The client's got an idea visually of what they want um, and then they've got legal teams that are telling them what words need to be put into a script and then they've got someone that's writing the script so it's colourfully delivered. Um, And I know, as we were just saying before, with you're doing guide reads, um, if you're not a professional voiceover artist, and I'm not saying that you can't be a great (laughs) voiceover artist, but, um, and this has happened multiple, multiple times, is an editor or an animator will read the guide, but as a person that's not in a booth reading the guide, uh, you're not putting the intonation in those words. You're Mm. not giving it the space after a full stop like a voiceover artist would. Um, it's then sent back to the client and the client goes, oh, great, I've got 63 words in on a 15-second TVC. That's awesome. That can totally happen. And then then it comes to the audio studio and then the voiceover's in there going, guys, it's just ridiculous. Like, you can't breathe. There's no breath. There's no room. Um, yeah, so it is an interesting process. And when you're really close to it, like the clients are these days, um, when it gets to that, those final stages, it can all come undone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one where so much is happening 
closer to delivery. We don't have these massive timelines that we used to. Um, I'm not going to say how long we've known each other and worked with each other, but it's a, a few years now. A few moons, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's um, the time pressure, the budget restraints. It's just, you know, um, I've seen it just escalate where work has turned around so much faster and harder. Yeah, I think it, the work is turning around faster and harder. The budgets are less. Mm. And just going back to um, the topic that we were just talking about, being a business owner or you know yeah. working for yourself, um, I found that, again, making a generalisation here, when, when you're working for yourself, you want your business to succeed so much that you would you know do anything to get that work. Um, so with all of the content um, work that's coming out, um, which is faster turnaround, lower budget stuff, a lot of people are taking that. Yeah. And that's that's really unfortunate because it's setting a bit of an industry precedence. I and agree, yeah. yeah, and that that diminishes everything across the board. You know, yeah. clients then go, Oh well, Joe did that for me for twenty bucks and you should do it too. And it's like, you know, there's no longevity in that no. approach, and it might be that Joe, who's working from home in a flat with no overheads, he, he can make that work for six months, but to try and build a business that is going to stand the test of time, yeah, it's real unrealistic. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of become a trend that I've seen a lot more with the, with the shorter turnaround, with the lower budgets. A lot yeah. of people drop their costs to match that just to get the work, and it's kind of like... I don't know. I, I just feel like the banks still have the money, and you know the car companies have the money, and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It, it is um, putting a putting a worth yes. on what you're bringing to it and standing strong for that. It's really hard. I think that anybody in a creative industry has to, at some point, value themselves yeah. and stand up for what they think they're worth. I totally understand it. And totally get it that you're still thinking about paying next week's rent or mortgage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of like, at a, at a crunch, you kind of might give in. But yeah, um, every, those of us who are really passionate about the creative industries and what we do, because we do enjoy doing it, yep. I, I think that that's where it can be a little bit, you know, the pressure is put upon us. Yes, yes, yeah. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I found it hard because sometimes I would happily do something for free just for doing something which is cool. And, and that's another side of, um, you know, there, is, uh, there are some projects where you have a lot of creative freedom and you think it's just going to be really cool. It's going to be great for the real, for the website. But you can't expect every project. There has to be some work that is just about making that bank balance even. Oh, my gosh, for sure. I mean, the amount of times that I have had people being like, oh, you know, if you do this voiceover, we'll get you some work in the future. And I'm kind of like, well, what about now? <laughs> you know, what about now? Like, that would be great. Could you not? Yeah. I've, I've got a line for that one. I'm like, I will totally do a video for you for free. It'll be the 10th one. You just have to pay for the first nine. <laughs> I like it like a coffee card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's no, good. No. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Uh, there was this really funny um, video that I saw the other day. Um, on I can't remember where it was on. I'll, I'll send it off to you. But um, it was basically like this woman sitting at a hairdresser, and um, the hairdresser comes up and he says, "So what do you what would you like today?" And she goes, "I'd like a cut and color." And he's like, "Great." So the cut and color. And she goes, "Yeah, but I'm only going to pay for the cut." And he's <laughs> like, "So just the cut?" And she's like, "No, I want a cut and color." And he's like, 
but you're just going to pay for the cut. And she's like, yeah, I'll pay for the cut and colour next time I'm in. <laughs> and he's like, no. It doesn't. But you're getting asked more and more that, you know, these days yeah. to be a, yeah, lenient. Especially when there's so many skill sets you might bring to a role as well, mm. where people are multitasking, where it might have been three or four people's different roles. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then suddenly you're not being re- remunerated for various roles within that job yeah totally and and time is money you know it's as you said before the more we value ourselves you know that that worth shines and yeah. and people are drawn to that and you know yeah it's, a, it's such a same conversation all of us across these creative industries are having oh yeah 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 so i really hope over time it, it pans out, but it does take some strength for everybody to stand up. It's not like we're under unions and things like that no, to set a precedent. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, as far as it goes in the voice world and in the audio post world, um, there are rate cards, yep. you know, and similar to, to you guys, you know, you charge out per hour and that's what the fee is. Um, and I think it's really important for us within that audio community to really stand by each other Mm. um, and work together on that because from what I know the rate cards for an audio suite have not increased in 20 years in New Zealand but overheads have and Mm. yeah and it just kind of seems like it should be a bit more balanced. Yeah. Yeah. Cost of living goes up dramatically every year. And yeah. Totally. I remember I, when popsicles were 70 cents. <laughs> <laughs> now you are dating yourself. I know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> so, um, right at the start, you're talking about um, the various ways that you could do a recording session where you go into a studio, but there's also the ability to use Source Connect, which seems to be the most popular for doing remote recording. Yeah. People might not know about that but that's where you have um, a voice artist who is on a particular brand but they might be traveling or not available and so then they're going to need to record in the same situation where you've got creators and clients in a studio and then you've got an artist who might be anywhere in the world so how does the source connect work um it is a beautiful thing so it works as in you've got a laptop or a computer um, you download the software, it's Source Elements, um, and it, you pay a monthly subscription. Um, then you have a mic, uh, I usually have a pop mic with me, and um, I've just got a little 2i2 Scarlet, which I, I got from the rock shop for like 400 bucks. Um, and then, yeah, it's just a little preamp. And yeah. you set up, you connect um, all the studios in Australia and New Zealand. I mean, it's, it's worldwide, obviously. Yeah. Um, you just need a good internet source and then you connect to studios. The, the annoying thing about Source Connect is there is a mild delay and you right. do get feedback. But, you know, as a professional voiceover artist, you should be able to work through that and it shouldn't trip you up. Yeah. So you're sort of compensating knowing that that's happening. Yeah. I mean, it is weird when you're reading a script and then you're hearing yourself reading a script yeah. with a second delay. Um, but it's, uh, as far as it goes, it just, you know, gives you so much more freedom um, to be able to be anywhere in the world that's, you know, got good internet. But, um, yeah. So are you watching down um, a whip of the video, a work in progress of the video at that time, or is it just really just 
focused on delivering your performance? More focused on delivering your performance. If if there are any video files, um, I'll usually get sent through them, you know, prior to the session, so I can just have a, a you know look over what's happening, um, where I can see reading the script, um, it would punctuate to really lend to the visual. Um, but when I'm reading a script, I'm generally, yeah, just concentrating on that script. And as you said, you know, it's a room on the other side of the world full of people. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all talking to you and you're trying to, yeah, yeah. A big part of my role and those who are creating the visuals is actually having the relationships with people and being able to communicate so I think that it would be just as important a part of your role as an artist and also as a business owner to have those same skill sets. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> it is. Um, I would, uh, yeah, it's, it's an astronomically huge part um, in success of projects um, and rapport. I mean, working in the industry for so long I, as I said before I'm really lucky you know I've worked with some amazing incredible people and forming those relationships and keeping those relationships is integral to you know getting great work and for me I want to work so hard for people that I respect that I know respect me as well so it's a yeah it's a two way street yeah yeah, networking isn't really about showing up to an event, having a few drinks and meeting someone and getting a business card. It's actually about forming these relationships with people because pe- everyone wants to know that when they're getting somebody on for a job that they're going to enjoy sitting next to them, working with them. Totally. It's it's trust, I think. Yeah. Trusting that um, that... That, yeah, that you're going to get, you know, great. That you're a trustworthy person to work with, I think, is really integral. Um, and yeah, as you said, enjoyment. You know, no one really wants things to be hard. You know, yeah. we're all here to enjoy ourselves and enjoy our time that we've got. So, why make it difficult? Yeah, yeah, totally. And now it's time for the pro video picks. So, pro video pick. Anything you like? What would be your pro video pick? Um, gratitude. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, gratitude is my pick. And every day I practice that by, um, yeah, thinking about three things that I'm really grateful for. And it sets me up with a really nice perspective. Yeah. A nice one where we all work in an industry where we are problem solvers. Yes. So it's easy to focus on negativity of problems rather than actually working through it and finding the gratitude of solving those problems. Absolutely. And also, I think it just, it really puts things in perspective. You know, when you're coming off a really stressful time um, to concentrate on the things that are really good, you know, like, yeah, just puts it all in perspective, which is really nice. Yeah. Awesome. So, are you following anybody online or in life? <laughs> like following is one of our sections just to allow listeners to maybe um, come across somebody new and interesting. Um, crikey. Okay. I do. I'm on Instagram and I just mostly, that's for the lols. I just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's, yeah, there's heaps of heaps of people that I follow on Instagram. I don't keep it very industry related. Um, although I should say there's a really good Facebook page um, called Pro Voice. No, Voice Pro NZ in Australia, which is a cool. really good um, kind of starting block for someone who, who might want to do independent voiceover work. Yeah. 
Okay, wicked. Awesome. That's um, really helpful. I suppose actually somebody who might be working on smaller projects, yeah. like trying to actually find professional voice artists to work with. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're kind of, they're more, um, you know, up and comers, I would say, which yep. is all good. Um, and yeah, it's just a really nice community. Cool. Although there's lots, I'm just going to make a little a little statement caveat. here. Yes, a, a caveat. Um, there's a lot of stuff on there which is all about um, voice over acting workshops. Right. Which I think is a little bit weird because people are making money off of people that are going, I want to be a voiceover artist. Yeah. And I swear, I swear that every third person that I talk to and I say that I'm a voiceover artist and a voiceover agent, they go, oh, I want to do that or I've got a friend that could do that. So there's a lot of people that are kind of interested in, in the voiceover world, but I think that not many people are going to land. It's a supply and demand as well there. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, I would err away from the workshops, guys. And if you've got any questions, feel free to hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's when you are in a field and you working professionally for a long time, you do come across a lot of online training or yep. services and you can kind of see there's a lot of money for probably not much value at the end of it. Totally agree. If you, you know, as I said before, if you wanted to do something, there's so many online resources that you can investigate for yourself. Um, again, get yourself in that community of the field that you're interested in yeah. and just talk with people and gain the knowledge that way. You don't have to pay anything for that. I think everyone, we're really lucky in the industry that we work in. Everyone is really open and sharing with their knowledge um, yeah. and that's cool. It should be that way. Yeah, I, I'm always blown away how approachable everyone is. I think yeah. that it's actually coming over, overcoming maybe your own personal hesitations. I've put myself out there a lot for people to come up and contact me. I've even told classrooms of people, here's my email, yeah. and no one hits you up. And I think you, it's actually a really small, intimate industry globally, not yeah. even in New Zealand. Uh, if people were to be forthcoming, it, Everybody is really approachable. Absolutely. There's a wealth of knowledge out there and, and people are really willing to share it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Inspirational video. What would be a piece of inspirational video that you'd share with everybody? Um, the inspirational video would be um, a TED Talk and it's about guilt and shame. Um, there's, a, I cannot remember the name of the lady. Oh, that's uh, Brina Brown? Yes. That is the one. Um, and she's incredible. She's done massive studies on shame and guilt um, and the reverse of that, which is vulnerability um, and how much personal growth, and it has been proven statistically multiple times, um, that you grow as an individual when you show vulnerability. And I think that's, you know, even directly related to what we were just talking about. It's like, it's okay to be vulnerable and say that you don't have that information and that you need some help. Yeah, That's going to help you grow and that's going to make another person who's sharing that information grow as well. It's a feel good for both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, being really forthright and um, honest yeah. and owning right up front. I've seen it a lot. Um, it's really scary to say that you don't know how to do something when you're, say, the professional or you don't know how to approach something. Yeah. But it's actually the sooner you say it allows everybody else who's trying to make the best that they can able to help or find a solution for it. Yeah, or you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> that is an outcome. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. No, I think that vulner vulnerability um, is something that 
is accepted, but it should be even more widely accepted. Yeah. It, it shows real strength of character to say, hand up, I don't quite understand this. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. We're all learning. Yeah. yeah, totally. I do know that if you don't speak up and you aren't vulnerable and then you take something on and you completely stuff it up, oh, yeah. you won't be asked back. Oh, yeah. I've seen that a lot. Oh, so yeah. I think it's much better to be open and vulnerable up front. Totally, totally. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really interesting TED Talk, that one. Yeah, yeah. cool. Awesome. Well, um, that link and all the other links um, will be in the show notes. So check those out. And there will also be a link to Eve's company website, Mint Voices. So click through there. So apart from that, where else could we follow you online? Um, I am on the Facebook, Eve Chesma, the Book of Face, Eve Chesma, yes, very awkward last name. Um, I am on Instagram, Eve Cheese, and yeah. Cool. Hit me up. We'll have some links in there. So like we said before, if you actually put yourself forward, who knows what will happen, but if you don't ask or step forward, we know nothing will happen, so it's up to you. So true, Ken. <laughs> so true. Okay, so who do you think I should get on the show in the future? Who would be your guest pick? Um, guest pick. There, oh, there's probably two. I mean, because we've been talking about audio, mm. I, I think um, there's an amazing composer that works for Liquid Studios in New Zealand. His name's Peter Vandervloot. Cool. Um, he's a real character. He's a, such a good guy and amazing at what he does. So I think that he'd be a really good option. And also Glenn Cleaver, who's the senior engineer at Big Pop Studios, which is a really cool studio down on Halsey Street in the city. Yeah. Yeah, awesome picks. This, yeah. this um, season... I really want to get everybody who's working in the industry to create amazing video content, whether that's for TV, cinema, online, games, whatever, um, to really show a bigger picture of the industry that we work in. So those guests are amazing. Cool. And I know their names very well. They're both very well sort of throughout the industry. So awesome. Thank you for that. Thanks, Blair. Awesome. Well, that that wraps up the show. Thank you so much for coming into the studio today. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me in. Yeah, and like I said, all the show notes, everybody will be having the links to Eve's sites, but also her pro video picks, so hit them up. We'll also have a link to the pro video podcast Slack group, so that's a bit of a mouthful. Managed to get my way around that one. The pro video podcast Slack group. I think I might just change that, eh? Pro video Slack group. Easier. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, yeah. Check the link out there. Join in there. We're always chatting, sharing. Till next week, have a good one. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks, Blair.